Welcome to Good Christian People, an honest conversation between church leaders who recognize we're not perfect, we're barely good, but we want to be great. On today's episode, we press pause on the jokes and probably offend a ton of people as we react to the 2020 election and deal with where the church goes from here. Welcome back to Good Christian People, the podcast. podcast. I like that. That yeah. was nice. Yeah. yeah. We are, this is episode 12. I want to say, no. No? Doze. Dose. Yeah. Dosekis. That's not it. That's not it. Yeah. So guys, this is a, this is an exciting, exciting episode. We are trying something that has never been done by us before. In the history of the world. Ever. Oh. Yeah, this is exciting. So we have often commented on how, um, and our friend Jeremy on Facebook often comments on how we are a little behind the times because of our recording schedule. We had been recording two, two and a half three months. Weeks. Yeah, and so you know, hey, we're just talking about things uh, much, much later. It's how we have to give them legs and allow them to continue to live, but not today. We could not be more current because the intent for this episode is to drop. On November 10th, Tuesday, November 10th. Tim, what day is it right now? Monday. Monday. Oh, the 9th. It's the day before. The day before, just hours before. This is an afternoon. We are trying something totally different uh, because this is our election reaction debrief episode. Because everybody wants to know. I feel like a lot of people have been waiting to hear what oh, yeah. you and I, I mean, the oh, dozens of people for sure have been wondering, what do Jeff and Tim think? Hello, world. Hey, we're here. Actually, so if you listen to our Election Day episode, uh, which a lot of you did uh, in, in one week, that racked up a number of listens. And so thank you so much for listening. At the end of that episode, we said we are going to do a palate cleanser we are going to have an episode just on good news. And sure enough, we actually recorded that episode. Record scratch. It was, <laughs> and uh, that was a terrible record scratch sound that I did. Yeah. And we were supposed to drop that tomorrow. But with all that has transpired, we felt like it might be good to just come back, do an episode on the reaction to what has happened sure. over the past week. And the hope and the prayer is that this will be the last time. This will be the last time. The last, last yeah. time. That we have to talk about the election or politics, politics and whatever. But apparently, as people have been pointing out. We like it. On Facebook, That's apparently funny. we don't elect the president until December 14th. December 14th. That's what people say. That's when the electors, the electoral college. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, sure, sure. So the... President Trump uh, has the ability to to still um, somehow win this. And I've read so many articles on how his roadmap to winning still there. I mean, <laughs> depends on how delusional you are. Oh. It's it's pretty it's pretty nuts. Uh, but so we could not be more current. So what's going to happen is the next week that you listen to will be our good news episode. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Lots of really good news. It will be a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so some of those things won't make a ton of sense next week in terms of the things that we say, but we're just going to ask you to give us some grace because we did want to handle 
this business of election. Okay. There is some current news that came out today, though, that was quite positive. And I know you know about it because you posted about it on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Um, Pfizer and other people. We've got a, uh, what do you call it? Vaccine. Vaccine. There we go. The needle in the arm. Uh, that's 90% <laughs> effective, which is incredible. 90% yeah. of uh, eff- yeah. eff- eff- efficacy is an incredible thing. I actually looked up CDC numbers for the flu vaccine by year and the efficacy of the flu vaccine. And the highest I saw was 60% and the lowest I saw was 16%. Wow. So go get your flu shots, everybody. It really, really works. Yeah. And then, man, I I cannot be more happy with, um, you know, obviously it's still going to be months before we can get this vaccine in our hands or arms, whatever you want to call it. But implants. Yeah. Yeah. With the chip. Um, Thanks, Bill Gates. Anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, but I'm just, this is another step on the road to getting us back to normal. And so. You know, I'm thankful for the companies and the red tape that was removed and all that jazz just to let's get it yeah. done, get her done. Because it seems like right now we're taking a step back. Uh, there have been some some. Oh, we're spiking. Yeah, for sure. And things we're are spiking like to we just scored down. a touchdown. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, but I saw an interesting tweet today that was really I, I really liked the approach to it, which basically talked about Pfizer did not take federal money like they independently did this on their own. Hmm. However, it's going to be a great partnership between red, blue, and independent because mm-hmm. basically this independent company came up with it. Um, President Trump and his administration are going to have to work out mm-hmm. the uh, the implementation of sure. the of getting it all out there, and then President Elect Biden will be the one that has to kind of carry the ball uh, to the sure. end. I did so see it was like fifty million vaccines will be available this year. That's crazy, and then like one point three billion next year. That's so amazing. I mean, what, what's our, you know, we're like 350 million or something in this country. I, I don't know. I mean, it was made in America, so I'm pretty sure it'll probably stay in America first. Who yeah. knows? I don't care. Like, I mean, I, people all over the world need it, but that's the way we run things, right? Well, there's going to be <laughs> a whole lot. It. There's going to be a whole lot to go around if uh, if Facebook and those who are moving to Parler now uh, have what's their way. Parler? Parlers, so, Parlers, I don't know. I don't have time for the social media that's there, much less parlor uh, i did see somebody somebody um gave a, a metaphor about parlor basically saying well there was two metaphors i saw that were were interesting at least and I, i'll give them now um, <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah so he said parlor is basically like uh, the people who will move neighborhoods because of the hoa right sure. you know one hoa says you can't do this and let's move to this one because this doesn't have an hoa which i guess it's the parlor um, you know, parallel, but basically he said, uh, it, but the new neighborhood allows you to, you know, if you want to, you can throw your trash out in the front yard and the <laughs> HOA is not going to, you know, doesn't right. care. Uh, but he said, the problem is right now in the climate that we're in, everyone's trash is in their front yard right now. Right. <laughs> like that's right. the neighborhood that's over at parlor. Yeah. The other person gave a metaphor and he said, um, this looks a whole lot like all of the people in church life who say, you know what, I don't what, like what that church is doing, what that pastor's doing. Mm. I'm just, we're just going to take our, you know, our anxiety and our angst and all of our... We're going to go bless another church. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're just going to start our own church is oh, what we're doing. yes. We're going to start yeah. our own. And you guys, if you guys want to hang at that church that worships Satan, then mm-hmm. you do it. But we're going to take our freedom of speech and go over here. I don't know. God bless, you know, go to parlor, do what you want to do. That's yeah. great. So, well, and I, but... I, I mean, you you do parlor all the time, right? Don't you say you you get your nails done from time to time? Get out of here! Yeah, every two weeks. You're literally looking at the cuticles on your finger right no, now. I need to get them done. Okay, 
No, it's at the nail parlor last week. So you're a parlor guy. I'm a parlor guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually I did download Parlor yesterday because I wanted to see if it was as insane mm-hmm. as uh, as as what I had heard. And it, it was. It's like 4chan or something, right? It, it is. It is nuts. Say whatever you want to say. Do whatever you want to do. Right. And and basically, um, a, a, a number of rabid conservative uh, talking heads have jumped over there. Well, that's the thing. Because they can say whatever they want. And, and yeah, free speech. Say right. whatever you want. But well, what, what the problem is, uh, the problem is now they're creating their own echo chamber. And, yeah. and and I guess they can they can make the the argument that Facebook is an echo chamber for the left mm-hmm. uh, because they're you know censoring everything that's from right or whatever I don't know but it, what's going the problem is what's going over there is a lot of conspiracy theory it's a yes. lot of a lot of stuff that now you're not going to have your 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 you're not going to have argument over there anymore now right. it's just going to be like 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 amen amen amen, yeah. amen amen and no matter what gets posted amen 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 i don't know yeah and i mean we've it's talked dangerous. yeah we've talked at length about how facebook is is not always the place to have solid discussion no. and debate however at least there are opposing ideas and the possibility that you can engage with some people sure. who have a different perspective but facebook sucks can a good christian person say that yeah sure yeah yeah but like on Parlor, Proud Boys have already come out and said, uh, you know, the order to stand down or stand by has been rescinded. And we're like, well, what does that mean? Like, that but I did. I see don't a even pic- know who the Proud Boys are, dude. I mean, I, I I remember that talking point from the debate, but I don't even insane Christian nationalists. Okay. Uh, yeah, who who are not great people, uh, but they're different is- than the insane clown posse right mm, they might we, we've never seen them in the same room together okay. so we right. don't know the juggalos um, or whatever they, yeah, yeah yeah but i did see one picture of like a, a proud boy and i think they were trolling him with a headline that basically said you know a proud boy stands guard with his paintball gun and like sure enough it looked like he had a big old paintball. automatic weapon and yeah. it was a paintball gun which i thought was funny i was like well i wouldn't want to take them on in paintball they yeah. look like they play a lot god gives grace to the proud and he resists the humble. So mm, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever social media you're on, um, good for you. Uh, so today, oh, I did want to ask something. So for our listeners, we we are kind of moving into the holidays. Uh, so next week we're going to have, we're going to. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ding, ding, Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Yep. So. Next week, you're going to hear our good news episode. And then we're almost going to do something, not the exact same, but but similar in tone in which we're going to have an episode where we just talk about giving thanks. And we're going to do that. And so if you're a listener, what we would love for you to do is participate in this. We'll put something out on uh, Facebook. And Steve Camp, we will put something out on Twitter uh, where we will um, ask you what you're grateful for. And we'd love to share that as creative as you want to get. We would love to share that and just have a whole bunch of, Hey, here's just examples of things that we are grateful for, that we're thankful for. And we can share in that together. It will be a fun, lighthearted episode. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, just what are you grateful for? You can email us at good at gmail.com. And uh, and we would love to hear that or put it up on social. So tweet us, DM us, yeah, whatever it is. Find us on Parlor. And uh, are we, we on Parlor? No, we're not on Parlor. Okay, no. Uh, and so we we'll, say whatever we want on Parlor. We could, we could. Anyway. Uh, I don't think a lot of what we have said. Our podcast would not be very popular on Parlor. No, nah. 
Um, so guys, one thing that we need to do before we uh, jump into the conversation today is I do want to do just uh, highlight some listeners real quick. Uh, two major things have happened this past week. First, I want to give a shout out. So a couple weeks ago, I asked you guys to help me figure out, or not, I already knew, but to see if you guys could figure out who our top three states were in listenership. And it was Maryland, Virginia, and Iowa, specifically where, Tim? Council Bluff. Council Bluffs, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And I want to give a shout out to our friends in Iowa. You have now overtaken Virginia as the state that listens to us the most. Rock and roll. Way, Way to go, go Iowa. Iowa. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh. That is, uh, that's exciting. Is this heaven? Um, no, it's Iowa. That's like the state motto out there. Is you know it what, really? You know what that's from? No. It's Field of Dreams. I hated that movie. Okay. Hated that movie. All right. Well, we just lost all of our Iowa listeners. Thank you very much. Uh, no, I, you know. That's the state movie, I'm pretty sure. <sighs> it's a state movie. What would the Maryland movie be? Uh, good question. Whichever Die Hard was filmed in Baltimore. That's it. It wasn't filmed in Baltimore, was it? I thought it was set in Baltimore, at least. It was set in Baltimore, but was you could tell that it was people who had no idea how we speak over here because they kept referring to 695 as the 695. Correct. They're on the 695, and I'm like, no, guys. I think the state movie for for Maryland is The Wire, and it's not a movie. Yeah, but so that's not a, <laughs> that's Or House the, of Cards. That's no, what we're known movie. by, yeah. The Wire. Yeah. Actually, Patriot, there's a new... Patriot Games. There's a new... Uh, um, place in Annapolis. There's a new, like, uh, series on HBO or something, again, set in Baltimore. Really? Like, yeah, like, a, you know, kind of based on the young black community in Baltimore or something. I can't remember what it was called, but anyway... Look, hey, look it up quick. on the Google machine. We, we probably need to move forward, but go ahead. We, we do, but I, I need to explain. You guys just heard a voice that you have not yet heard on this show. And, and this Where does is, that voice come from? I don't know. From Iowa? Is it heaven? Ladies and gentlemen, so here's the deal. Because we're doing, we, we flipped and, and we did things in, in reverse order. Uh, we, our next episode, we are going to introduce and finally allow our producer, Josie, to speak. Except he's already done it in this episode. Your producer or sound engineer? No, let's call him producer because we're not right. paying him, and I really want to make him feel like he's a part of the team. Sure. So, Josie, say hi to everybody. Again. Do we have to do this no. again? No, right. no, no. I just meant just say hi now. You like you don't have to give your resume. Just we haven't done this yet. Yeah. I know we haven't, but okay. Hello. What's up, Joe? Thanks, Josie. <laughs> so the other big thing that happened this week is we got an email. From a guy named Shane. Shane. And he says he's from Arizona. And Shane wrote us just the really, just a, a very lovely email. I mean, he, what he did, it was similar to what Tina, and you'll hear about Tina's email in the next episode, Tina and Amy did, where they wrote us really nice emails. But the ladies wrote books. Shane just wrote a nice little, hey guys, I found you. He said he has a long commute and he was praying as he was driving. And I, I'm hoping his eyes were open for that. But he said that God gave him or led him to this podcast. And um, I just want to say I'm sorry, yeah. Shane. Yeah. Like, go sorry. find another, a better podcast. I did. So that's the thing. I did encourage him to go listen to the Holy Post. Because yeah. lately we have just sort of been like the Walmart version of Holy Post. Well, Target, but sure. Target, yeah. yeah. And and he, he followed back up by saying, yes, I've been listening to the Holy Post, mm-hmm. I think on our recommendation. And he said, and, and I know, you know, I like it but I like you guys better. And I was like, Shane, 
that's pretty great. That's you are. Yes. You are beaming across the room yeah. right now. However, <laughs> Shane, I got a bone to pick with you. And I told you I was going to say this in the email in the, his initial email. He basically said he's he's around our age and uh, and he was he was excited to find people who have similar thoughts and ideas to where, you know, where things are. And he said, guys like us in middle age. Mm hmm. I told you you're middle aged. I told you we are middle aged. Come on, forty is forty's not middle aged. Forty's kind of the 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 apex. Forty is when you like start making plans to go to middle age. All right. See, here's the difference: is you see, (laughs) you know, you see life in a story arc, right? Where Mm -hmm. most people just pick middle age and they say, "All right, now you're over the hill." You see it like a movie where it climbs, it climbs, it climbs, Mm -hmm. it climbs, it climbs, and then right at the very end is the climax of the story, and then done. Yeah. Roll credits. Yeah. So that you see over the hill doesn't happen until like six months before you die because that's what happens in a story or in a book or right. in a movie. That's I, the way you I, see your life. I cannot believe, um, not that I'm unable to, I don't want to believe that I have peaked. Mm-hmm. If I have peaked, I believe I peaked in middle school. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing, and, and I want to I want to call out Shane. Um, I appreciate the email. He indicated in the email he has, uh, he was in the military for 20 years. And so yeah, thank you so serving. much, man. We, sure. we are... Uh, we are so grateful that if you really are who you say you are, because we have a way of looking at analytics and we have no listeners that are showing up in Arizona. So if I'm being catfished, this <laughs> doesn't feel as bad as I thought it was going to. No. So Shane, whoever you are, wherever you live and whatever your story is, uh, we're grateful for you listening. Um, we're probably getting punked by somebody guys. We're going to jump into our, main conversation today and uh, just want to give a heads up that normally in these episodes we have many weeks to edit them to go back and if there's something that usually I say that like eh, maybe we need to soften that we can we have the ability to go back and clean it up a little bit we're not gonna we don't really have that built in this time and so there may be some things that come out I'm not really gonna apologize for them yeah. uh, in advance or afterwards uh, did write notes, so we believe what we're going to say. But um, ask for your grace as we kind of try to deal with uh, somewhat of a mess and try to make sense of where we are. And we're just going to keep on rolling. And we're just going to keep on rolling. So Half if light. we mess up, it, you're going to hear what it sounds like when we mess up. When we're like, oh, man, Josie, go back and cut that out. So that'll be. What you do? What are we cutting? No, I'm saying that's oh, what I, I see, sound I like. Okay, gotcha. That's what I sound like. Uh, so we don't really have a big roadmap. We're just going to kind of talk this through. Election 2020. Election 2020. So currently. No, nothing happened. We have a president-elect, Joe Biden. Yeah. And uh, vice president-elect. According to the media. Kamala Harris. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Which is, okay, so this is strange to me because every election we have, the this media is the process. And, yep. and nobody really has an issue with it. Except for this year. Unless you lose. Unless you lose. And then it's like, well, the media doesn't get to decide. And I, go, I don't think the media is really. And, and to well, be the, clear. The media called President Trump in 2016 before no the electoral colleges. Yeah. Correct. Right. And, and my thing is, if everybody really believes that the media is as divided, that there's only a few. I mean, everybody called it um, except for, you know, the crazy ones. But anyway, so I mean, just, Fox, Fox called it for Biden, right? Fox called it. Fox called Arizona like thirty minutes after you know, and I believe it was probably Shane's fault. Uh, oh, Fox wait. called him. Fox called him like immediately, and like apparently Trump went off oh. on that. Did, because he, did you hear about where it was, where they were when it was called? No. Okay. Where who was? So there was a rally in Philadelphia. Have you heard about the the Four Seasons rally? <laughs> yes. That's where they were when it was called. 
and like Rudy's up there giving a speech and the reporters are like they just called the race for Biden and Rudy's like who called it and they're like you mean the race or Arizona I think Arizona it was it was Trump was golfing when he got the news yes but Rudy was in Philadelphia doing this rally okay and he said you know like it's been called like Biden won and they're like well who called it and he's the response was everybody Oof. All right. Here's the so I, I, that's news to me. I didn't realize and that Trump was he was golfing, golfing on election day. No, no, no. On Saturday when it was oh. called. Oh, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Well, good. Honestly, here's the thing. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. He's out there living his life, enjoying a little bit of recreation while you know so yeah. much of the American populace is glued to their TV, screaming and yelling. Yeah. And, you know, biting their fingernails, and they're they're worried about a, they're worried about a guy who's out there you know doing his job and yeah. golfing so yeah so know. let's just kind of warm up and get into this because i don't know where we're going to go we yeah. don't really have much of a roadmap but i mean we've got a couple of a landmarks we can hit okay what was your election day like because i know you're a political agnostic mm-hmm. you don't really get into all of this no and so what was election day like for you and the days that followed i mean i checked in on tv from time to time um I'm an AP News kind of guy because they, in my opinion, they're about as central as you can get without much of a spin. So I just checked in with the AP News on my iPad from time to time. And how, how often is time to time? A couple times a day, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. I was a little more frequent than that. Yeah. So you did not fast from the news, correct? No. Yeah. No. I, I binged. Binged. Um, and it just, and, and, but here's why. It wasn't that I was so concerned about how it was going to turn out. My family is like all of us mm-hmm. has a crush on John King from CNN. He's the white haired dude who, sto- who stood in front of the magic wall and said the same thing for over 72 and hours over again. Yes. Same thing for 72 same thing. hours. But it was the way that he said it. It was just, it was like, it was calm. Here's the information. We'll give you that. This yeah. is this. There, it wasn't crazy. I, I and, and so I turned into I tuned into all three of the major networks, CNN, Fox and MSNBC. Okay. I can do Fox and MSNBC in small doses because they're on the extreme. And like they they clearly just they were all over the place. So CNN is not doesn't have a lean. So CNN saying. has a lean. I'm oh, not okay. denying the CNN doesn't have a lean, but at least for their coverage of this, it to me felt more like news and responsible and I'm sure people are going to start emailing us and that's fine. Um, I already got called out this week for like you watch CNN. I'm like not regularly, but John King, man, he, it was like measured and calm mm-hmm. and just, it was very clear. Here's what happened in 2016. This happened in 2020. This happened. And I'm like, I don't understand these numbers and it's so boring, but it just feels so nice to, he did say a couple of times, like, uh, yeah. And I did check into CNN from time to time and I just, it, it got frustrating to me because Nothing changed. Every time I was Nothing like, oh, what, what, why am I changing the right. channel to this guy? Right. Um, but he, I did hear him say multiple times, he said, uh, you know, I, I know some people are calling for the to stop the vote in this state, but they're going to count the votes. Right. And he said, in this state over here, they're still counting the bo- votes, but no one is calling for that state to stop counting the right. votes. It's only these that it's the very margins selective. are. Yeah. That the margins were closing. So there, there was a there was a tweet that Trump sent out at one point saying, "Stop the counting or stop yeah. the and and people pointed out on Twitter, if we were to stop right now, you lose. So let maybe count them and just see how the oh, whole thing played. really so he was behind when that when he sent that out yes I rem- okay I did see he that was tweet. he was he, he was 
uh, where was it? it was in I think it was in Philly yeah. or, or Georgia I think it was when he was saying stop the counting stop the counting and but no I said Philly Pennsylvania but um but he was he was behind Philadelphia Georgia I'm sure right yeah you know which I mean. speaking of Philadelphia and I'll just throw this in because we like you said don't have a roadmap um there so the 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 election official that is at in in Philadelphia yes I think I know where you're going yeah so um he basically he is now getting death threats right him his family and the other people that work for him getting death threats because they're still counting votes mm-hmm. that is there um he is, <laughs> he is quoted by saying uh from the inside from the inside looking out or looking out from the inside this all seems very deranged yes. Um, Mr. Schmidt, I believe his name is. I had it up on my computer, and then for some reason I, I lost it. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, there you go. Philadelphia Commissioner Al Schmidt. He is a registered Republican. Republican. Counting the votes in Philly. <laughs> yep. uh, you know, and, and just just doing doing the job. So here's all right. So let's just get into it, man. So um, if if that there is actual widespread or or small or large fraud mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure there's probably fraud in every single election sure. it's just a matter of how big it is yeah uh, if there is let's prosecute it let's yep. take it to the court it. let's uh, as as christian people we are people who uphold and want to pursue integrity and truth and if that's the case let's 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 do it let's try to figure out what's going on um, but i haven't seen too many accusations yet that are seem to be very super credible or, or any of them that I go, Ooh, that's, that's a smoking gun there. No. So my thing is, um, I mean, we're now getting into a territory where we are, huh, we are calling into question every single election that will ever take place right. in any of our lifetimes into the future. Yep. We're now calling into question, uh, you know, who, who's going to believe anything anymore. I mean, yeah. anything anymore. It's it's insane to me, and and a, a lot of people are comparing it to 2000 when there was a contested election be- between Bush and Gore, mm-hmm. where there was in Florida. And I'm going, yeah, you know, you go back and you look at that, and you go, there was there were some questions there, were, there were some things. I, it, people weren't gaming the system. I think mm-hmm. it was just a, a question of what counts and what doesn't. If you were to apply that same kind of thing, there's so many states mm-hmm. in which Trump lost mm-hmm. and Biden won. By a significant margin, that mm-hmm. the that the few things that are coming out where people are like this person took three extra ballots or this person threw away fifty ballots, like is that wrong? Sure. Is it true? We don't know. Let's find out. Let's find out. Sure. But but the fact of the matter is, there's so many people out there who are saying this happened, this happened, mm-hmm. this happened, and then there are other people coming behind them, like the guy you were talking about, and I think it was in Michigan too where there was a, a Republican chairwoman who came out and said, this lady over here mm-hmm. said that this had happened and this happened and this had happened. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm Republican. It did not happen. Mm-hmm. And and so it's just the mere accusation yeah. of, it's, of... It's dangerous. It's it, really dangerous. I mean, again... And it would not have made a difference. If there is widespread the fraud, let's get to the bottom of it and let's right. cleanse. Let's right. cleanse because I want to be able to believe in elections. If there and, and But again, if it comes down to one state... If it comes down to, hey, it's super close in this, you know, it's like they're going to go through the recount in Georgia. By all means, there needs to be a recount in Georgia. Count Count them again. again. Count every state again if you want to. But the reality is there were so many states that flipped blue. um, Because of the mail-in votes. Because of the mail-in votes. That were being counted afterwards. And as far as I understand, it's because they were required to count them afterwards because of a fight from the The Trump administration. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Trump said 
don't do mail-in ballot ballots. So sure. do same-day election day. And to, so a lot of Republicans party. are not going to mail-in right. ballots exactly. because that makes sense. And then the Republican legislatures in some of these states that were taking a really long time to count, there was such a high volume of ballots to go back and count that it took them a really long time. And then they're going, "What's happening? You're still counting these?" And it's like you you tied their hands. They these these they have to count. And so what's interesting to me is that. The polls were way wrong Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Like it's time to stop listening to polls. However, a lot of what they said, what the the prognosticators came out and said prior to the election is exactly what happened, that certain states would be in play for Democrats, which had not been in play for a really long time that it was potentially uh, Biden would be able to flip many of the blue wall states. He would turn them blue again, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, maybe Ohio. And then there was the whole thing that you had talked about. Like I had, you had introduced the idea to me, but it was the, the red mirage or the blue mirage or whatever, some kind of mirage where it made it look like one candidate was going to be up at the end of the election day. And then because of all of the mail-in ballots coming back in, then that was going to flip. And they said weeks ahead of time that's what was going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. I, I introduced that. John. That doesn't even I sound had, familiar I had never. Me. You said blue mirage or red mirage. Oh, blue wave know. is what they were talking about. No, they, but they were talking about a mirage, too, where it would yeah. make it look like. And it will happen. Where it, so what was so strange is that when the returns started coming in on Tuesday night, I was watching with my family. And, and the reason. So. I don't want to make it sound like I was binging because I just was addicted to this stuff. To me, it was, it was a, it's a historic thing when, and so I want to, I want to be there for it. And naturally I was not watching TV when they announced it for Biden. I got the tweet and I was like, Oh, turn on the TV. And it was too late. So I missed it. Um, (laughs) yeah. So like all those days and it was like five days later. So that really was a lot of wasted time. Mm -hmm. Um, but when they first started coming in, you know, my family thinks that I'm a political genius, which I'm not. Um, but I'm like, Oh no, and Biden's going to win it. Biden's going to win it. And then all of a sudden it was like, this state is going, this state is going red. And I'm like, Oh guys, I can't believe it. Like Trump is actually going to somehow pull this off. This is going to, and then we woke up the next morning and they had said, Michigan just turned blue. That's when I said, this is the way it's going now. Like gotcha. once Michigan turned blue from there on, it, there was, there was no, there was no looking back. Well, maybe John, whatever his face is, should John get, King. Yeah. Kelly, Jane, John King. Sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe he should get you on, on the no. left. Mainstream no, media no, I just, can... I just want to watch him. I Here's, just want to watch him. So again, my whole family is just like, can we adopt him? We're obviously headed towards recounts and all that kind of sure. stuff. It, it reminds me of 2000. I looked it up um, just because, I mean, we were we were of age and we voted in 2000. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember the hanging chads and, you know, Miami-Dade and all that kind of stuff. And Bush v. Gore and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it was that was a big, thick moment in history. Mm-hmm. Do you remember... Uh, the popular the popular vote in Florida. Yeah, what the the delta was between Bush and Gore was it three twenty seven five thirty seven five thirty seven yeah I mean, five hundred votes yeah five hundred votes right I mean that 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 I mean, that, that requires a, a recount Let, let's yeah. let's make sure that because five hundred votes uh, you know right. it could be possible somebody looked at it because I I don't think things were very electronic at that point in time we were still punching dimples right we were still punching holes in yeah. in paper at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess we're going to recount states that have like a twenty-five, thirty thousand dollar yeah. dollar, excuse me, yeah. vote difference, right? And um, and that's the thing: is it like okay? Yes, we need to make sure every vote counts. That's what we do in a democracy. Um, it's not going to make a difference, and so that's that's so what's so strange to me is that is that there's 
I don't know. You can get more re- information on Parliament. Are they recounting the votes for all of the seats in the United in the House of Representatives, all the con- the congressional seats that the Republicans gained, right? Yeah. And is it, so they still have the Republicans still have the minority in the House, but I believe they gained like seven seats or right. something. So that's are we so recounting those votes? Yeah. No. no. Just the ones for the presidency. And and that's why I would call in the question, like, the accusations of this being, like, fraud is the fact that when you look at how many of, like, I don't know what the term is, but, like, uh, races that were further down on the ticket. Down ballot. Down ballot. um, The Republicans came out ahead in a lot of regards. Exactly. I think this was genuinely, like, so many people were fed up with Trump's behavior, with his conduct, that they came out and they they said Biden, and then they just turned in their ballot. They didn't care about anything else. Or, I mean, I, I don't know if, as a pastor if I'm supposed to say this. I won't tell you who I voted for, but it wasn't any of the two major party guys. Yeah, same um, but then down ballot, I voted party. And so what's, so what's so weird to me is that that's a foreign concept. Like so many people that I've seen on Facebook have used this argument about, well, wait a second. Republicans gained in the House. They retained control of the Senate, but they didn't win the presidency. What's that about? It's like that's not hard to figure out. That so because what you then you have to assume is if you're going to say all of this is fraud and all of it is is cheating and whatever, the Democrats sucked at cheating because what they did is they lost seats in the House, and it looks like they won't be able to take a majority in the Senate. Yeah, but Jeff, that's all part of the game. They just they they gave up seats in the House so that they could gain the seat behind the resolute desk just to just so people would understand. Now, it, here's what will be interesting is if George, if the two Senate seats in Georgia go blue, which I don't think they will. Isn't that um, Lindsey Graham or something? No, he's South no? Carolina. Oh, yeah. South Carolina. But and he he got I don't understand how he got it reelected so easily. Um, so the two Senate seats in Georgia are still up as they're counting. They're still close enough that because neither neither candidate got over 50 percent. And so they are going to do a runoff between the top two. And uh, most likely, most like if you were to look at the numbers now, the Republicans were leading in that. So if they get if they win both clear majority, if they win one, they hold a majority. If they lose both, then it becomes 50 50 Senate. Yeah. And then Kamala Harris would be the one who t- breaks the tie. Let and, me let me bring this back from just a general you know, discussion of what happened. Yeah. And let's let's look at this from a Christian worldview. So yeah. from my message yesterday, which was the post-election message, um, the first point was don't overestimate the stakes. Sure, right. And, and so many Christians are overestimating what it means to have someone that they like as a president of our strange foreign land that mm-hmm. we live in. Um, if as a Christian, shoot, as a, as a, just a citizen but from as a christian if your joy and happiness rises and falls to the level where you have such reaction that i've seen from brothers and sisters in the lord because of the man or woman or you know whatever that is in the white house you're stop you're overestimating the stakes of what a president is uh, the problem is our, our government's broken, right? And the president has too much power because the the you know the legislative branch isn't doing their job. I did look it up today. I was interested. Do you can you name the constitutional duties or powers, if you will? What powers does the president have? I'll give it to you. Yeah, he serves I'm, as the commander in chief. Yeah, he is. Um, 
uh, let's see, he commissions officers in the armed forces. Mm-hmm. Judges. Yeah. Um, he uh, reprieves and pardons federal offenses. He convenes Congress. He receives ambassadors. He takes care of, um, he, he vetoes or signs into law things that the legislative branches have already come on. Uh, and he appoints cabinet officials. Yep. That's it. That's it. That's, I mean, that's what the president does. I mean, yeah. so quite honestly, constitutionally, I mean, it is important who is in the White House. It's very important who's in the White House. Yeah. But they're, they're I mean, they're a kind of a, a fi- almost a figurehead. Yeah. Like the, re- the government is supposed to run through the legislative branch, and it's not, and it hasn't for years. And so we have, a, we have the president, Obama, and Trump. They're just signing an executive orders into, you know, in, which, you know. Yeah. And we're asking the Supreme Court to change laws uh, when that's the legislative branch, their job to change laws. Anyway, uh, we're, we're broken, uh, and Christians are getting hyped into the hype brokenness. And we're overestimating the stakes of what really is going on. Well, I think the president more than I mean, and, and those are important duties. But I, I think more than anything, whoever is the president sets the tone for what is happening in the culture. Mm-hmm. And then people are either reacting to that or you know, and, and everything is a reaction to that. And so, you know, who's driving the car? And if you don't like the direction they're driving, then you say something. Um, if you don't like the music they're playing when somebody's driving the car, you, you say something. And what has happened over the last few elections is it has become so much more about the personality of the president mm-hmm. that then determines how other people are going to act. Um, and I, I don't think it's a stretch to say there were people who, when Trump came into uh, into leadership, uh, who felt like they were then being represented and the things that he said and did mm-hmm. reflected their attitudes and they felt like I can now sort of embrace mm-hmm. because he's the one out there kind of leading the way and, and, and setting the pace for that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would agree with that. It, it's interesting. I was surprised that, and I, and I definitely don't want to do just a, a rehash of everybody knows the numbers, everybody knows what happened. But what's interesting to me is that on Saturday, when it came out, like, you know, I, I had watched and I, I would very clearly, neither of these two gentlemen would I like to have as our president. And yet being totally honest, when, when it was announced that Biden had won and I was coming up to church to, to do some stuff, I felt, I was surprised that I felt some relief okay. and, and it, it surprised me because I'm going, I, I'm, I'm not, ex- by no means am I excited about Joe Biden being our president. Um, I did not vote for him. Um, I can't say I wouldn't vote for him in four years, but I, I don't anticipate going ever going down that road. I don't believe in the policies that he's that he's done. But for me, it felt like a sense of. I don't know. You did not it. vote for one because of policy. You did not vote for the other because of personality. Because of personality, and it w- and it surprised. I was surprised by how much knowing that that personality would not be there for another four years, setting the tone for our culture, that I went. Oh man, that's kind of a relief. Okay. And and I, I, I realize that probably won't sit well with a lot of people and people go, Yeah, well this cause, this cause, and we can talk about those causes. Um, and I'm I'm sure we will. But one of the things that I really have, have felt like, um, and this is, you know, let's talk church. I I did not anticipate feeling that sense of relief. And then once it was you know, once it all came out, then I listened to some of the talking heads and, and some of them were on Fox and uh, one giddily said, you know, this is how much, uh, how many of the votes Trump took in okay. clearly 
so many Americans love him. He's not just going to go away. He is now the leader of this party. Okay. And I just felt a, a sense of sorrow in that. And I, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know if that's even a, a good way to, I mean, like, I'm not proud that I felt that way, mm-hmm. but a sense of going, I really feel like we would benefit from him not being the leader of this party. I feel like we lost our way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and I think I miss it, W. Yeah. I miss W. I need to. <laughs> I know it's, it's one of those things where I think, and this is total personal opinion. Uh, I know more people, uh, most of the people who are, are, are like I mentioned with you, um, Republican, but didn't vote for him. It wasn't because of policy. It was because of personality. Yeah. And I think Trump would right now be, you know, he, he like most other incumbents before him would have won in a pretty good landslide if he would have just toned it down a lot, yeah, a lot, but a lot. had he toned it down, I think it was COVID. I mean, I, I think, COVID. I think of COVID the way he handled that. And I think there's just so, mm. so many people who had such a cavalier attitude towards what was all happening that they just said, we can't, we can't trust this. And, and here's the thing. I want to be very clear. I feel very bad for president Trump right now. And this, this is not going to sound very nice. And I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean when I say this, I think it's, it's very well documented that he probably, I think it's very, and I haven't diagnosed him, but I believe other people have, have looked and looked at his personality and said, he's probably a narcissist. And for a narcissist, failure and losing is kind of the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is where we would go, oh man, I'm, I really wish I hadn't failed. I really wish I hadn't been rejected. Like, like this is earth shattering to him. And, and I, I genuinely feel bad because I feel like this is something, um, that is that is really going to be rocking his world, and uh, and I don't I don't wish that on anybody. I don't Maybe. care how how we disagree. Um, I'm I'm concerned for him in that, but I believe, and I was telling you this before we we started that the thing that I, I'm most convicted about right now, um, maybe we need to talk through this, and I don't know where it's going to go, but I believe that it is harder for a pastor. I'll say for me, I don't know about for you, and any conservative Christian to do what we have been called to do by Jesus with Trump at the helm. Okay. Is that a too hot of a take? No, I mean, I, um, I can explain why, but when it comes to policy, yeah, I think that would be too hot of a take. Uh, when it comes to personality and the divisive rhetoric, I, I agree with you. That's it. I agree. It's the rhetoric and it's the personality and it's the way the rhetoric is given. Um, I mean, I have seen, you know, I've seen people just make flat out Christians make flat out statements that all Democrats are of Satan. All mm-hmm. Democrats are, you know, the Democrats, we can mm-hmm. call them, which is ridiculous. Just, which is just ridiculous. And that I didn't hear that four years ago, six no. years ago. I didn't. And and it's is it all President Trump? No, absolutely not. But he is at the helm, mm-hmm. um, and he has to take credit for some of that mm-hmm. or blame for some of that. Like for instance, the vaccine coming out right now. Like I, I like posted online. I was like, it's great news. Saw it on CNBC. I was like, that's nah, great, great news. And not MSNBC, but CNBC. Right. And, all right. So it's the financial uh-huh. news anyway. And uh, some people, uh, you know, were like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, it's, you know, I'm sure people will give credit to Biden for this or something like that. Interesting timing that right after, you know, Biden, right. you know, now we have 
I'm thinking Biden's he's the president elect. He's not even in he's nowhere close to the White House. He's not in charge. Trump is still our president mm -hmm. and he should get credit for this. Like yeah. he is at the helm the whole time. Like he should get credit for whatever red tape he removed. And who is giving Biden credit for the vaccine? I mean, no one is. But the rhetoric is, oh, interesting timing. You know, this is this, that and the other. And it's just it's so divisive. And yes, it is hard yeah. as a pastor. It's it's hard to not uh, offend people uh, because people don't listen to what you say. They they, they just they have already got their mind made up. Right, already mind mind made up. And too many people are being pastored by their politicians. So, yep. Anyway, and that's and that's not good. Josie, did you want to say something? Yeah, something that I've experienced as someone that's I don't know, probably like, I don't know, Jeff. You're forty. I'm fifteen years behind you. Not over <sighs> the yeah. hill. Not in middle age. <laughs> okay. Um. But I, I run in a lot of circles that are not necessarily like super. Um, I run in fairly diverse circles. Um, I work for like a weird convention that has like people from a ton of backgrounds. And something that I have noticed that I, I was thinking about this in the shower today is how much President Trump has come to represent Christianity yeah. to non-Christians. Yes. And that's not the same way that President or President -elect Biden has. Like President -elect Biden, if you want to. People made the comparison of like, on Sunday, who went to church? President-elect Biden, not President Trump. Um, and, and people are starting to like kind of throw that stuff around. But people just generally don't care about Biden as like a, a religious leader in the same way they care about Trump as like this this religious leader. And I think that's got something to do um, with how closely the evangelical Christianity has tied itself with the Republican Party specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Not even as conservatives, but as Republicans. Right. And, and that is a very dangerous place to tread is a place where like politics have become like 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 a second idol or a second religion to you yeah and and, and yeah, at we... some point we're weighing it one more way more over the other yeah and it's not affecting ourselves as much um, or it is affecting us but it's affecting how others see us and I think that's way more important than whatever internal issues we have. So that ties into my two reasons. I want to explain why I think, cause I think that might've been a hot take and I appreciate you clarifying Tim. Um, yes. I'm not talking about policies and positions. I'm talking about uh, the personality that gets associated. And Josie, you hit right on it, which is Trump has come to what's the word I'm looking for. See, this is one of those things where we would edit Christians, it out. Christians should be able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm. We should be able, as Paul say, if you want to see Christ-like attitude, we should be able to say, I'm imperfect, but I'm going to do what I can to show you Jesus. Um, the problem is we don't say that enough. We instead say, you're supposed to vote like me. Mm. Um, and so then we, when, and when it comes to you should vote like me, now we're not showing them Jesus. We're showing them our politician. Yeah. And to your point, Joe, um, people are now, and I don't, I don't know, I don't, I would say, um, I'll, I'll err towards grace here. I don't think this was purposeful by Christians. I think we're so many are so far down the road now. Yeah, there's so much sunk cost in our followership of a particular politician in Trump for it specifically that now we we have to stick to our guns. Yeah, now we got to say no. I'm I'm yeah. still with this guy right. because we've we've sunk our cost. Um, but but he's a he's just a bad example of he's I, I, I hope he's a born again believer. I, mm -hmm. I hope that the you know he's just as I saw one politician say or one preacher say 
Um, you know, I, I, somebody told me that, you know, he prayed and received Christ. He just, you know, he's just hadn't got sanctified yet. Okay. Yeah. If that's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I can't make judgment on him for sure because there's anyway. And I want to be real clear. I don't feel like what we're saying here and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Cause there's some people who, who will make the comment. We elected a president, not, not a, a pastor. pastor. Yeah. We understand that. We're not saying that, that a president has to align with us spiritually. No. What we're saying is if you come out as the president and say this, you are my people and, and all of these evangelicals flock to him and he preys on kind of this fear of a loss of religious liberty, which Pray is verified. Yeah. With an E, which is verifiably not true. Um, and we can go down that road at some point, but I don't know. That we really need to look up David French. He's got a lot of stuff on this. Um, he has just come to, to, to represent that and he's taken that on. And so here are the two reasons why I believe it's harder to be a pastor with president Trump in the office, uh, in the office of presidency is because Christians should, in in my mind, no matter what the administration got to be willing to call out unjust policies, mm-hmm. we have to speak out over wrong things. Mm-hmm. And what I have seen over the past four years is very many people who have gotten into the boat with Trump have not been able to do that. Mm. or willing to do that. Um, and so there are things that we can say, uh, you know, and I've, and, and inevitably what I have heard people say is, yeah, I don't like his tweets. Yeah. I wish he'd stop tweeting and going yeah, me too, but let's, let's also not defend and say, well, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze kind of thing? You know, it, it, it is, this is, we have to sort of take it and allow him to happen. And, and we've not really pushed back hard on the really wrong things he's done. We've kind of tossed a little nugget to say, I'm going to assuage my conscience by saying he, he is a terrible tweeter and I wish he wouldn't do that. Um, but then we don't push back when we had the ability to do that. What the thing I will never understand is that evangelicals had so much support for him that they pretty much as a voting block could have told him, this is what we want you to do, or we will pull our support from you. And that didn't happen. Like, I, I don't understand why we didn't jump. At, and so we, what has happened is we have married ourselves to a political party. And then when you do that, you have to preserve that power no matter what the cost. Mm. And so now for a Christian conservative pastor, for, for, for us, I believe it becomes easier to speak out against things that are unjust if you're not, regardless of your party, if you're not married to a political party, then you can call out both sides. You can recognize the good in both sides. We can acknowledge that Jesus is not a Republican or a Democrat. Jesus has policies that would be on both sides of the of the aisle and very often not even on the aisle. And then we can just pursue that and stand for that and call out what is good, speak out against what is wrong, regardless of the party. And I have seen too many Christians who have been either unafraid or they just like what Trump is saying. And so I, I hope, I mean, clearly he's not going to be a president anymore, but unless things really go nuts with these recounts, but I really hope that was, that was my pushback. My, my initial was when they said, oh, Trump is still going to be the leadership of the party. He's not going anywhere, and most likely he's going to run again in 24, um, which I could completely see because somebody who is a narcissist can't handle a loss. If he can come back and win it, then he can say, see, guys, it was all rigged the first time, and I really should have won. Could he come back for eight years? No, he'd come back for one. One more. You can only be elected for two. Two terms or Two, two consecutive? Two terms. Okay. Yeah, two terms in toto. And then secondly, and here's the other thing that has really been burdening me, and I know a lot of people are going to push against this, 
Um, it's the whole president versus pastor thing. But the thing that I have really been burdened by is what has happened. And Joe, you really hit on this already to our Christian witness mm. that what the world has, has said and what has seen, we have aligned ourselves with, that's uh, going to be a hot take. And I probably wish I would edit this out to me. Aligning with president Trump has been a stain on the church. Yeah. I mean, we have lost the moral high ground and I don't believe if we ever are able to get that back, it's going to come from a significant amount of repentance. And the best analogy that I can pull from scripture, and this is, it reminds me of the story of Jacob and Esau, where Esau had this birthright. Like he was the firstborn. He had this standing. He had this, this invaluable treasure of the mm. birthright. And Jacob shows up and says, I got a cup of soup for you. Would you just give me your birthright? And this one guy stepped in and said, give me this valuable thing for this temporary feel good moment. And he did it and he was never able to get that back. And so for me, the thing that I'm really struggling with is that we haven't just hurt our witness outside of the church. Like Josie was talking about, cause I do think we have done that. The thing that I have noticed is that working with the college students and working and with my own kids and walking through this, the, the generation underneath us has watched what has happened and they're walking away from the faith or they're walking away from the church because they go, this is wrong. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, to, to get over that. I don't know how to, to make sense of, of all of this. Well, we got the right judges in place in my mind. It was not worth it. Any indictment I I personally give of uh, President Trump is not necessarily, I mean, he's done wrong things like all these. We've, we've gone over this, but it's not necessarily a criticism of him as much for me as it's a criticism of how evangelicals have attached themselves. Correct. Like, like any criticism I give to President Trump carries with it the weight of why are we aligning with this? Yeah. Um, and, and that is a group, like, I consider myself an evangelical. Like, this is a group I am criticizing. Yes. I, I feel like I'm part of a, a, a smaller vocal minority within that group, but, like, I, I carry with me, like, the the guilt of the fact that we are doing this. Um, I don't know. I, I've been shouting it for, like, the past couple of months, but it feels to me, um, if I could say something succinct, is that politics have become like a heresy within the American church. Um, This idea that it it is significant and that it is um, that we're willing to trade so much for, for what we have. Yeah. Um, And, and when we look internally, like how heresies will tear apart the church historically, like the, any of the early church schisms of how like they had to get big, big groups of like bishops together and like hash things out at like councils and, and make decrees and doctrines. And that feels like to me what's happening with the American church right now Yeah, is we're hitting a point where we're trying to realize what direction do we want to go? And there's a camp over here that says we need to sacrifice some of our morals to carry, to become like the nation that God wants us to be. And some of us are saying we're not, we were never meant to be a physical nation. We were meant to reside within a nation. Sure. And we don't necessarily need to be in power in order to do that. And I think if we're not careful, if we can't find a way to resolve this, we're going to tear ourselves apart. 
I yeah, know. With, I know. With COVID, we gotta keep. Can I give you a high five? Sure. Mm, Tim doesn't part like of it. This. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't want your virus laden. Tim doesn't want to sure. align with us. No. I, so I, I know some people like to know a pastor's opinions and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I read the piece from John Piper mm. and said, amen and amen and amen. Um, so if anybody wants to know kind of how I feel Piper, his position and therefore really kind of mine after reading it not, not, I, it wasn't mine before I read it, but now that I'm reading it. Um, he basically, here's a quote. It's baffling to assume that pro abortion policies kill more people than culture saturating pro self pride. Uh, that, you know, I and he, uh, we are at odds with death by abortion, and we're also at odds with death by arrogance. Mm-hmm. And to your point, what you're talking about with Christians now have a road ahead of them, which is yeah. a little bit more and harder and bumpier than it would have been. Um, if we had just flatly 100% repudiated the moral filth of a man but said, I will vote because of this policy, because of this. However, I cannot stand yada, yada, yada. But we ne- we didn't say that loud enough. And I'm, I'm using, not me, the, we, the mm-hmm. evangelicals, evangelical world, um, it instead hitched our wagon. And so now we have people who, if we are going to share the gospel with them, they say, well, what does that lifestyle look like? Because for the last four, five, whatever years, like you, you've you've been okay with this, and so how does then that not show some sort of hypocrisy? Well, that's the thing, and and I want to say like arrogance wagon, and pride yeah. are the original sins. Yeah, and, and I, we have I hitched be, our wagon to arrogance and pride. But the thing is, is how, and this has been a struggle for me, is is how do we sit there and say policy wise, I agree with him, mm-hmm. personality wise, no, thank you, mm-hmm. because. What you know, and I've had conversations with people who said, I don't support him, I just vote for him. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, Then you support him. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's no, there's no, and, and so that's the struggle. Is I go, How do I, if if my vote, there's there's no way you can walk around and wear a shirt that says, I don't support this guy that I just voted for. And so, a lot that, of people did four years ago. They what did they all say? I held my nose and I voted for Trump. And somehow, and I will never understand this. And this has been a burden for me for the past week. Mm-hmm. How did he get more support? What do you mean more support? More people voted. So he got more votes than he did four years ago just because more did, people voted. Uh, no, but I mean, like, if you take... So I, I was a little encouraged because I went, oh, in 2016, 81% of white evangelicals went for him. What's the, Have they come out with 76, those numbers? 76. Okay. So it's less support. Yeah, but if you look at how how significant the increase was it's pretty much an, uh, a wash mm. and there's more people who said, you know, I just, I, to me, it's, it's weird going like Al Mohler who came out and said, I didn't vote for him in 2016. In fact, if I ever vote for him, I would have to apologize to Bill Clinton. He then came out right. in this yeah, year and said, Oh no, I support him. And yeah, I don't think I need to vote for, I mean, I don't need to apologize to Bill, but I want to say something very, I want to make this very, very clear because I think there's a lot of people who are probably not loving what I'm saying right now. President Trump is not the problem. Like he is a symptom of the problem and he was able to come in and say, there is this angst. There is this, just this sense of, of unease and anger. And he played on it and oh. he, and he stirred it up. It's opportunist, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. 
and and oh, he worse. he took and stirred up some some bad things that yeah. that we didn't he didn't present these to us. I mean, if you remember, we look back at the you know it's easy now to look back at the Obama years and go, oh no, everything was peaceful and calm. It's like no, it wasn't. It yeah. was nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so Trump is is a symptom. I mean, we as and the evangelical church, white evangelical church specifically, was not very good at making sure that this didn't happen. And, and so I'm not putting the blame Mm -hmm. on president Trump. I'm putting the blame on us because we basically said, I will go with this guy. And I want to be very, very clear because another people I know are screaming at the, at the thing, you know, our 12 listeners going, but abortion, I just want to point out to you. And there's lots of information. Go look at in 2019 under president. I'm sorry. Under president Trump, Planned Parenthood received records amount of funding and Planned Parenthood did a record number of abortions under President Trump. So this whole idea that we have to have him in in order to protect the innocent, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So we've got our judges and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that, but this idea of, of abortion, I know a number of people are abortion, abortion, abortion. Um, I mean, they're not for it like, yay, we get it. but yep. yeah. And so to me, I feel like as, as Josie said, and I think Tim, where you're alluding is that right now we are in a, in a position and this is my hope is that if he was removed as the head, then we can begin to rebuild and have an opportunity to do that, to restore our principles, to, try to rebuild the reputation of the church to divorce ourselves from either political party and to say that we are going to be kingdom minded. And that's my hope is that to, is it? So when, so when they, you know, I said, okay, maybe, maybe this is a chance for the church to sort of write itself and to say, we defended a lot of bad things all in the name of something that didn't even happen um, all for this cause. And I'm hopeful that we can, begin to rebuild and that we can start, I don't know, down a different road, I hope. Um, and so now to kind of turn this a little bit, because I don't want to just point the fingers at, at other people, how we need to have a discussion on how should we as Christians respond? How should we not respond to what Mm -hmm. has happened in our, in our, because I want to be, I want to affirm if you're upset about, president-elect Biden getting elected. Mm-hmm. That's totally legit. You can be upset about it. You can have feelings about it. I was actually thinking about um, the six elections that I've been able to vote in uh, for president. I have, I have been happy with the outcome of two of those that it's 30 it's three thirty three. That's Hall yeah. of Fame numbers. So for if, the if, you're, <laughs> if you're upset, I get it. Yeah. I have been there. I know what it's like to go, man, <laughs> But I think what has happened just in this last few days is that we have seen some really bad things come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want to see, are there some, what are you seeing that concerns you? What are some maybe negative examples of things that we go, Hey, maybe this isn't where we need to, this isn't how we should be responding as a Christian. Again, I will say again, as a couple of weeks ago, start thinking of the United States of America as a strange foreign land. It is not our home. Number two, uh, as I mentioned just uh, like three hours ago on this podcast, um, stop overestimating the stakes. If you voted for Trump and right now you are just despondent, stop it. 
if you voted for Biden and right now you're elated, stop it. Mm. Like it, it doesn't, there's, it's not going to make that big of a difference. We voted somebody in to sit behind a desk so that he could sign executive orders and so he could make flower speeches. That's, that's, that's what we've, we've voted on. And quite honestly, if, uh, if you're, if, if you are so despondent and you are now engaging in with the rest of the rhetoric that we have from the white house, I'll remind you of a quote. This is quote of president Trump. Um, in 2015, um, someone said he's a whiner and his quote response was, he says, I do whine because I want to win and I'm not happy and I'm not happy about not winning and I'm a whiner and I keep whining and whining until I win. Um, he's self-proclaimed and I, I think we're going to see over the next couple months. It's just, that's his, that's so I, you mentioned that he's devastated. He's probably, you know, pretty ticked off that he didn't win. But he's also strategically whining and has been whining. That's just right. what he's doing, and it's what yeah. he's going to do. And that's that's not me knocking him. That's just yeah. me. That's, that's what he. That's what Dreaming. he does. Yeah. That's what he does. He whines and he whines and he, until he wins. And quite honestly, that has been hyper successful for him. Sure. But that is not the position of a Christian. No. And so if he wants to whine, let him whine. Let him whine. Yeah. Let him fight it out in court. But again, as the whining is going on, as the court cases are going on, pay attention to it. You know, be informed, all that kind of stuff. But we have no voice in it. So shut up about it on Facebook. Stop, you know, arguing about it with your neighbor. All these, it, it does not make a difference to us in our daily lives. And we have no way to turn the tide. And so we are being distracted by things that actually matter. As I mentioned a couple weeks ago in our sermon, um, to the, this, nowhere in the scripture does it call us to vote. But everywhere in the scripture, it calls us over and over and over again to love our neighbor yeah. and be on mission in our community. So vote, be a good citizen, but love your neighbor, which makes you a good Christian person. Yeah. And lastly, uh, I, I ended my post-election message by saying this. Um, way too many people have voted more than they've shared the gospel mm, this year. That hurt. Voted more than they've shared the gospel. And I'll just leave this as my parting bit of wisdom. If you are listening on the podcast today, and if you're happy or if you're sad, whatever it may be, if you have voted more than you have had a gospel conversation with somebody in the last year, two years, three, whatever, if you voted more than you have shared the gospel, what is your strategy to affect change in the world? Mm. What's your strategy? I mean, are we evangelists for the red or the blue? Or are we going to get on Facebook and this, that, and the other about, you know, everything? Or are we just going to cross the street, love our neighbor and tell them about the love of Jesus that can save them from the pit of hell? I just, we are... Um, we are wrapped up in a temporary nation. We are getting distracted by the fights of the world. And quite honestly, uh, I know some people say all Democrats are of Satan and, you know, probably Democrats say that your Republicans are of Satan. Quite honestly, I believe with everything that I am that so much of this noise is of Satan and it's mm. from people on both sides and it is successfully, highly successful at distracting the church from our primary mission and to my Christian brothers and sisters out there, please, I beg of you for the love of God, stop it. Stop. Stop being distracted. Yours are a lot better than mine. That was just my sermon. That's all. Well, yeah, these are just my notes. That was really good. Here's what I would say. You know, I want to be careful to to say if you're if you're not um if you're listening to this as as a politico, as someone who is not viewing things from the lens of a Christian, um, that's fine. You, you know, you do what you want to do. Like, I mean, I, I have ideas on how we should would be common sense, and, and but that's not for this time. Right now, we want to speak to our Christian brothers and sisters and say, 
that we need to have a kingdom mindset. And then the way that we do that is, is by living out the way Jesus called us to do as Tim said, loving your neighbor. And I would say we would do everything we can. It would be good for us. As we talked about on our first episode of this podcast to do everything we can to reject hypocrisy. And there are a lot of opportunities to be hypocritical right now, because if you remember in 2016, um, you did a really good job yesterday, by the way, of, of calling out some of this um, and, and mocking people, uh, not that you were mocking people, but calling out the mocking, calling out the hypocrisy of people. I've already seen Christians posting, not my president, who had such an issue with the left doing that, um, commenting that, you know, oh, they aren't accepting the, the results of this. You know, they're going to claim cheating. Um, or I'm not going to pray for my president. I don't know. Have you seen the video of Kenneth Copeland yet? No. Oh, dude, you thought the blowing away COVID was bad. Kenneth Copeland gets out and says in church, the media has declared Joe Biden president. And then he leads his church in laughter Mm. for 40 seconds. Mm. It is just guffawing and just laughing and mocking so here's the deal, guys. Don't behave like the people you criticized four years ago. Like, look at it and honestly go, if, if we're going to rebuild here, if we are going to say we have this opportunity that I believe from, oh, I'll say from God, because they're like, oh, God, that's not what I'm saying. But God in his grace has given us potentially a moment to rebuild and 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 reclaim the reputation of the church. Don't behave like the people that you have criticized. Again, as we said weeks ago in one of the Age of Outrage episodes, um, we need to be thinking critically that it is not befitting of a Christian. It is not a spiritual gift to give into conspiracy theories. When you do that, you make the church look foolish. It's like, how do you believe this stuff? And you also believe in Jesus. There's so much um, articles from all over the place that I've, I've seen lately about, you know, here's what's going on. Here's what's happening unverified sources and they're even being discounted by the party that they're trying to support. It's like, no, this is not happening. Like stop me, doing it. Let me pause it. So gather your thoughts. So yeah, I highly agree with you on that. Um, it is already hard enough for people to believe our message as it is. Exactly. When we start jumping in to things that are completely unfounded and start believing them wholeheartedly and preaching unfounded rumors wholeheartedly. And then if we get around to the gospel and we start talking about what is in ancient world, the most founded and well-documented thing in all of the ancient world, then people are, are going to weigh fairly. Mm. They're fairly going to weigh our belief of conspiracy theories and our proclamation of the gospel, even though too many people aren't proclaiming the gospel. They're going to say, well, you believe that, you know, this, but then why should we believe you with this? And again, that's that is damaging, very damaging to our primary mission to spread the gospel. And I would say along those lines that it's a job of the Christian to seek unity, to not sow division um, if there are people out there who are doing it and you are supporting them and you are th- and, and cheering them on, you are enabling people who are doing bad things into our, our culture and our, uh, in the area we live in. I want to give one more, um, here's something you shouldn't do and I'm going to turn it positive a little bit. Um, you should not break into cars. So this morning, my wife left the house or she, she went out to her car to go to work. She came running back in and she said, 
our car has been, you know, one of our cars had been broken into. And I was like, you serious? And I was like, and so I went outside and sure enough, her car was in shambles. Stuff had been strewn about everywhere. Like it was clear somebody had gone through and, and we, you know. But did they bust out a window or how did they get in? No idea how they got in. I mean, they just got in somehow. And then all of a sudden she looked at the car next to us that was parked in our visitor spot. And, and she was like, they got this guy too. And I was like, oh no. And we went over and ran over to my car, three cars in a row. My car, same thing, had been broken into. Everything had been taken out. It had been trashed. Clearly somebody was looking for something. And we're going, oh man, these little punk kids running around. And we went and we looked at the cars next to us and further on down the line. Nobody else got it. And I'm going, what in the world happened here? And as Jen and I started talking, um, nothing was stolen, but somebody had just gone through our cars and just absolutely trashed him. And Jen looks over and in our yard, we have a funny little political sign. It does not have the name of any candidate on it, but it's, it's definitely, you can kind of tell it's just, it's a, it's a funny little sign that could be perceived as uh, being anti-Trump. And she said, it's our sign. And I went, you're right. I mean, it was, it's just this sign, this little joke that's out on the, on the lawn Apparently somebody got upset about it and they went through and, and the poor guy next to who, who was in the visitor spot, they don't know whose car it is. So they're just like, well, we're going to mess with this guy too. Um, and we, we got hit and I, I just, I put it on Facebook cause I was, I was irritated. I was just whatever. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think this when I posted it on Facebook, but as I did, I got, I got a little more angry as, as the, the time went on as the day progressed because I went, there were a number of people who reacted to it and I didn't do it for the reaction. I just kind of put it out there for, you know, just, I don't know whatever we do for Facebook. Sure. And the more the time went on, I went, I bet you nobody who supports Trump is going to respond to this. And that, and like in my, I got in my head about it. I'm going, you mean to tell me that just because somebody politically disagrees with you, all of these people who are, you know, don't destruct and law and order. And I really, I really was like fully expecting to come here and record this episode and to basically have a chip on my shoulder and go. None of these people even said the destruction of your property is wrong because of, of who you voted for. And I hopped on Facebook a little while later and there were a number of, not a, not a high number, but there were, there were some people who I know are Trump supporters who got on and basically were like, I'm really sorry that this happened to you. Um, and, and that, that made me go, I'm glad that there are people out there who still have the ability to go. This is wrong. Regardless of the side, I have some friends that on Facebook, I know who saw it. They did not have that care. Mm -hmm. And, and it made me go that, that is a concern for me in terms of who are you and, and what, what have you, what have you held up as, as your idol that you can look at someone who, who got uh, victimized in a way and, uh, and your, your gut reaction is not to go, Man, I'm sorry that happened to you. Well, but, I'm, my hope is that that you're wrong. I hope it is just a couple hoodlums in your neighborhood, and it wasn't like a targeted attack. But it does kind of sound like that would yeah. be the case. That's the that's a pretty real assumption for sure. Um, but at the same time, I would also say there's probably other people that this happens to, and they might consider it yeah. whether whether they have a red or a blue sign in front of their house, consider it persecution. Uh, no. This ain't persecution. Nope. This is just you caught in the crossfire of an evil world. That's yeah, all. absolutely. But I want to say, and this is how I want to turn it good. 
that I am grateful that there are people out there who can still have clarity and go regardless of, of who you are and regardless of what you believe and what you stand for. Um, right is right, wrong is wrong, and we can call that out. And so I just want to basically say, how should Christians react? I want to give some positive examples. I'm not going to go through, but here's people that I have been reading that have encouraged me that are, that are Christians who are looking for the right way to go about creating unity in the midst of division and outrage. Um, my man, David French, I mean, everything he says is gold. Um, uh, I probably should say that somebody will go find something he said, but, uh, David French is, is calling the church back, um, and, and trying to be unifying David Cassidy. We've, we, we've hit a lot of these guys in our great Christian people and they are, they are making, they're giving evidence of why we have called them out. Russell Moore, he shared an amazing, you pass on the article from Russell Moore to the church. Yeah, it was, it was such a, do you want to highlight that at all or? No, you're good. I mean, it, basically, it's it. We are caught in the in the middle of two narratives, a narrative of blue and red and left and right. We're caught in the middle of those narratives, and his suggestion, which I highly agree with, is we are not of those two narratives. And so, how do we stand out distinct, and how do we show hope from two narratives that are just gonna they're gonna continue fighting against each other? We'll yeah. we'll try to find some unity, and as Christians, we want unity. But his whole point is we, we, we are person people of a different narrative, yeah. like completely different narrative. And we are also a different narrative and a different timeline. Like these four years and whatever four years are coming up. And after that, they are so minute in the history that is eternity, that we are mm. these eternal people and our world is an eternal home or our home is in an eternal world. And um, we, we need to you know, be people of the correct narrative, which is the gospel and of the correct timeline. That these little fights and your car and you know, all this yeah. kind of stuff in this election, this is vapor in the wind. Mm. Gone, here today, gone tomorrow. And our king uh, is you know, standing resolute. And when he, um, <laughs> when the battle comes at the end and you know, it's the good versus evil. That is not going to be a battle. Russell Moore says, uh, I love the line. He said, that will be an, uh, that will be a decision that won't be even close. Hmm. That's beautiful. Russell Moore, take a listen to him. Uh, he is, he is amazing. He's I want to podcast out too. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John Piper, you've already hit on it, but he released an excellent article couple weeks ago um, that made people uh, want to cancel him um, and uh, Liberty but did yeah. Liberty did and uh, so that was that was great and there's one other person I want to call out I wouldn't consider him an evangelical leader but I know uh, he, he claims to be a believer and I believe that's evidenced in his life and uh, we've mentioned him already on the podcast today and someone I think who has really shown a great path forward President George W. Bush he okay. released an amazing statement uh, congratulating President Trump and uh, and his and his crew uh, for a good election for doing all that, and then tried to make a, a an argument for a path forward coming together under Vice President Elect um, President Elect sure. Biden and Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and uh, and and he he really you know said hey it's a great thing that so many participate in democracy. Mm-hmm. This is going to hold up. We, um, it, it just, I, I'm very grateful for that kind of leadership. I am grateful for people sort of like John King, who just in the midst of chaos and just can be calm and measured and communicate truth. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me feel better when I get stirred up. 
And uh, I know we hadn't planned on doing this, but I, I want to give a confession here. We weren't planning on doing confession, but I felt like I needed to um, just call out in my own life. I know over the past f- however many years, and it's grown, that there have been times where I have held on to some bitterness for people who have uh, defended Trump at all costs. And that is that has been it has grieved me. Um and I, I have to, I have to work on that. And, um, and I believe, I believe that I have, um, but I also know that there are times where, uh, partisanship, when it, when it takes precedence over the kingdom, that really, I, it should burden me. Um, but to hold on to it the way that I did and, and to not deal with it well, um, if you were out there and you were like, man, I struggle with this, you are not alone. Mm. Uh, that is something that, that I hope to, to work on and get better. Yeah, it's an opposite of cancel. I mean, cancel. You know, uh, while there's still breath in our lungs, there's always opportunity for all of us. Um, and you and I are not. Um, and Joe, we're you know we're we're not perfect in any of this. And quite honestly, our political position is not perfect because none of our political positions are perfect. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned that as a political agnostic, I've wondered if that's been an error that I've pulled back too far. Sure. Um, and so I'm still kind of trying to work through all of that in my life. And so no matter what side you're on or no side, you know, all of us have things that we can still try to figure out. And uh, none of us have arrived to any place of perfection unless yeah. unless um, you are uh, unless you are out there evangelizing and loving your neighbor, then you're a whole lot closer to perfection than the rest. Yeah. My hope is that as we move forward that we can really seek peace, unity, the good of the city. And that as the church in this new day, we have the ability to just show the love of Jesus and not just the love of Jesus, but the character of Jesus and how we live and how we communicate to others. I don't believe this is going to be an easy path um, for us. I don't, I don't pretend that the end of this election season, if it ever happens, uh, is just going to be sunshine and rainbows. That's not where we are headed. Uh, but I do believe that as the church, we still have a job to do, and we need to work on that. Joe, you got anything? That's some bad hat, Harry. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I could make comments on like political agnosticism, but I think we're wrapping up the episode. Yeah. Um, but something I would just make clear and possibly like, I'm not going to make a confession every week, um, but I would. Because you're sinless. Yes. Um, but I, like I, these two are pastors sitting in front of me. And as a result, they feel kind of an obligation to take care with what they say and what they'd be presenting on this podcast. <laughs> so don't take anything <laughs> I've said today or will say in the future as like an indictment of them. Of Like, well, you know, Jeff gave mm-hmm. me high five. So obviously he like thinks all Christians are going to hell or whatever. I don't know. Did you say that? Is that what I high-fived? No. Oh, thank God. Uh, but and around that in my confession, like the things I said today, please understand that like I am coming from a place as a young person of feeling like extreme bitterness towards my elders and the people that have kind of like hmm. set up these situations. So when, when I speak harshly or when I use like a lot of hyperbole, that's the characteristic of who I am, but that's also a characteristic of like, I've got things that I've got to process and get through. And opinions are your own. Yeah. yeah. So, please forgive me if you've taken offense to anything I've said today. No, and my hope is, I mean, we all come from different. I mean, you, Jeff, you're you're more engaged from the right, and 
Joe, I don't even know where you are, and, and I'm kind of like disengaged a little bit. And, and that's all different perspectives. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hopefully we will be able to model some healthy conversation, even if we disagree, even if we're coming from different sides. And I would say, Joe, I want to high five you because, um, yeah, we're not always going to agree. And we, we've joked about you not having a microphone because of your hot takes. Um, but in that joking, I hope you understand that, that that is a joke, that there is space for you here. And I feel like it's very important that you're here and that you say these things. Because I think so many people will hear what Tim and I say and just assume, I mean, we're not going to be right about everything. Um, and I'm not going to represent your generation well. Um, all the time. And, and so to have your voice here and a part of that, I get, I get the, there is a, when you have a microphone in front of you, it really does feel like, like there's an authority, maybe an authority is wrong word, but like that there is a pressure to say something that is significant and meaningful and you don't want to step in it and you have to kind of navigate the minefield. But I just want to encourage you. I'm really glad that you're talking. I high five you because I'm grateful that you're part of this conversation. I'm grateful that you are a young person who is thinking critically about these things um, because I think so many people are not. And I'm so grateful that you haven't left because it would be, I, I'm you and I have had a lot of conversation and we, I know where you stand. I know some of the bitterness that you've, and, 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 and you've had some arrows come at you and some of them you've invited, <laughs> but you know, <clears throat> you've had people who are elder than you that I would view as a Christian elder who have not treated you in a way that is befitting of a Christian elder. And I believe that they just, I don't, I'm not even pretending to understand what they believe. Um, they've not set a good example. And, and if I had been you, I don't know that I would have had the moral resilience to stick around and the church, our church and the church, big C needs you and they need people like you. And so I'm very, very grateful for you. I will high five you anytime. Um, and so thank you for being a, a part of this. I will. If you used hand sanitizer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what do you guys think about this recording an episode and then releasing it in 12 hours? I, I, once I leave here, I'm, I'm out. I know, so. but I mean, I feel like we did a really good job. Ask me in 12 <laughs> hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, that one, we did, we uh, this, did might, good, this might guys. be our last episode. We did good. Yeah. Well, f- friends and family. So what are we going to call? We got to come up with a name for them. We can't just call them people like our listeners. Anyway, good. Average Christian. people. Average people. Thank you for listening today. Thank you so much. From our two average hosts and average producer. An average producer. Yeah, guys, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GCP Pod. We would love to continue having this conversation. Uh, no doubt the conversations that we have had today might have stirred some stuff up. So find us on Facebook. Um, or if you're Jeremy Edger, you can just text us. Uh, you can email us at goodchristianpod at gmail.com. And in the meantime, we would love for you to hop on and tell us what you are grateful for. This is uh, coming up next week. will be the last week before we get into the holidays, and we will finally have that promised palate cleanser. No politics. We need to look for and celebrate the good that is out there. Whatever you're feeling like right now, this is not the end of the world, but it is, is the beginning of rebuilding So let's get to work. And until then, be good. You've been listening to Good Christian People, the podcast. Today's episode was recorded on November 9th, 2020, 
by Jeff Higgins and Tim Byer, two pastors living in beautiful Glen Burnie, Maryland. If you'd like to find more of our content, please check us out online at goodchristianpod.com or by following us on Twitter at GCPPod. editing today's podcast sounds like. What editing today's podcast feels like. Ah!